0: Bring yourself back online.
1: Remember. Welcome back to Freeze All Motor Functions, a Westworld podcast that doesn't sound like anything to me and doesn't take itself too seriously. Presented by Bolin, a media. We are here today to break down and digest the season four premiere of HBO's Westworld. I am your host, Jared Borislow, known to many as J-Bone, joined as always by the Mesa's head janitor, Mr. Ross Bolin. Ross, how are you? J-Bone! I'm
2: doing pretty good, man. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of storming outside here. It is. We got a bit of a thunderstorm going. I, feel, I, kinda, I like potting, recording. A, if you're not a podcaster, that means recording a podcast, potting in wow. a good thunderstorm. Real peek behind the curtain there. Yeah, insider information, Jared. That's what
1: I do here. And I'm also joined by your third full-time Freeze All Motor Functions co-host as of this season... Maya's pair of black heels, Serena. What's up, Serena?
0: Hey, how's it going? going?
1: Going well. You're also in a storm, even though you're in a different state. Do you think this is the same cell just across state lines?
0: I like to think if we all looked outside at a cloud right now, we'd all be looking at the same cloud.
2: Oh, that's deep. Damn. Wow, what a coincidence, though, that it's also raining in, what, California?
1: Yeah? Alabama. Yeah, she's Alabama, in Alabama right now. She's a real jet setter. You are. Uh, that's uh, I believe Four states over You gotta go across Louisiana, Mississippi To get to Alabama so. Get around, get around She gets around Ooh, yeah. Okay Yeah Let's jump right into it You too Okay It's time to break down The season four premiere Of Westworld Let's do it Jared The title Of Westworld Season four Episode one Is The Auguries Is that how it's pronounced? I I'll believe be honest it. I, I wasn't gonna give it a shot
2: till somebody else did can you try right now? Uh, I mean, let me find it spelled somewhere. A-U-G-U-R-I-E-S. A oh. U G U R I E S. A U G. Okay, I found it. Auguries. You're going to go with the hard
1: Y. Auguries. Okay. I believe it. I
0: kind of want a season one style, Jared poignant pronunciation of Auguries.
1: All right, the Aldrus. The Aldrus. Now, <laughs> the Auguries in the caption for this episode. Is, hello again, don't worry about a thing, it's all in your head. Which, if I was going to sing, because I seem to be singing quite a bit in this podcast. Hello again, don't worry about a thing. A little, a little Bob Marley action. Jared, you
2: know? I have googled the word auguries. Okay. And the definition is a sign of what will happen in the future, an omen. Uh-huh. That's correct, Ross. Ross. So, now, what's what's interesting? Did you have that written in a few lines from now?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, So, if you uh, aren't familiar with the podcast, I, I break down every single episode title ever, and considering it's season four, I'm... It's called jumping ahead of the host, <laughs> and
2: uh, that's what... I'm, I'm, again, pulling back the curtain uh, to give you the inside scoop.
1: So, I know that when Ross heard the word auguries, his mind probably instantly thought of his favorite tool, the auger, which everyone knows, he frequently used to hand carve his world-famous life-size figurines of each winner of American Idol seasons one through twenty. Right, Ross? Yes, that yes, that is correct. But this episode title has nothing to do with the tool, the auger, which is spelled A U G E R, by the way, the
2: and, aug- and used for um, cleaning your car
1: wheels. What is it, what is it used for? Does anyone know what an auger is? Yeah, it's it's the it's like this it's it's used for carving for a lot of things, but it's like it's like a a, a a screwdrivery kind of thing where it's long and it like it like scrape it like it like scrapes the wood, you know? Yeah, okay, whatever. It like, it's a, it's like a drill for wood. right?
2: Right? Yeah. Takes one to know one and by one I mean a tool. <laughs> That's
1: pretty good. That's pretty good. Thank you, Jerry. So the Oxford dictionary defines augury as as Ross said, a sign of what will happen in the future in omen. <laughs> Another definition is the work of an auger who is, well, you'll find out, the work of an auger, the interpretation of omens. To go further down the rabbit hole, the Oxford Dictionary defines an auger as an ancient Roman religious official who observed natural signs, especially the behavior of birds. Wow. Interpreting these as an indication of divine approval or disapproval of a proposed action. What do you guys think so far about that? It's a lot. It's a lot to take in there, Jared. A lot to absorb. Serena? I
0: feel like it fits with the theme of the episode because it was a whole lot of callbacks and then setup.
1: Yeah, I know you specifically said you had a lot of uh callback notes that you took. And like mm-hmm. I think service level, a lot of people noticed a good amount of callbacks to season one and to, you know, earlier seasons, especially in the terms of the characters that showed up in this episode. But uh Whenever you want to whip out your paragraph, let me know.
0: Um, I can either do it at the end, or I can do it when we get to the first Dolores. Sorry, Christina scene. Let's do. Um,
1: yeah. Hey, put some respect on Christina's name.
0: I'm so sorry. Probably makes the most sense at the end because there's a bunch of stuff near the end. Uh huh. For me,
1: that's true. Now you may also notice some people. Uh, what's it called? A keen observer may have noticed uh, earlier. I was about to say Serena, and I said Kura. Um, I guarantee you, Serena, I'll be calling you Christina at least like four times this season because the name Christina is now a main character in the show. And your name rhymes with that.
0: I can, there's worse, I've been called worse things.
1: Okay, what, give, give us some omens, because obviously many omens in this episode.
0: Well, the flies were the first one that stood out to me. You know how I feel about the flies.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're the lord of them. Yeah, you are the lord of them.
0: But what I, says. I'll take it. Um, well, And I feel like with the way that the flies showed up in this episode, they are most certainly an omen of bad things to come. So,
1: A omen I noticed that appeared twice is like a a clankering of stuff outside of a home, right? Because you had the fire escape situation with Christina that ended with the maze being spray painted on her fire escape. Then you had the clankering of the raccoon outside of Caleb's house that led to the whole situation with Milk Boy the PTSD. And the PTSD, true. A lot
2: of people, uh by the way, I should note up front, when they went to watch this episode, they went to their HBO Max app, They clicked on Westworld because there was a big banner, and the episode started playing. And then what every one of them came to realize, eventually, after X amount of time, some people 15 minutes, some people a couple minutes, some people a minute and a half. All varying number of times is my point. Uh, what they came to find is that they were watching episode one of season one. Yep. We I had multiple a lot people of people tweet the sad ass. as well. A lot of people. How long? I was like, oh, this is a cool callback. My wife was like, <laughs> hey, you clicked on the wrong episode, dumbass. And I was like, nuh-uh. And then I pulled it up and was like, oh, shit. Oh, so this actually happened to you? Oh, yeah. It also happened to me. I should note. How long well, did you watch for about- her? Uh, I got to the part where she walked out onto the front porch and I was like, "Okay, this
1: this is going on for a little bit longer than I anticipated." Oh, you mean the part where she where she swats the fly in her face and kills it? So you all the way to the end? No, when you... <laughs> no, the first time
2: she walks out when she's talking to her old man and he's doing whatever. Anyway, which interesting, interestingly kind of comes into play, but it it was just it was uh-huh. awkward.
1: So what Ross is doing is relating to the audience. It's another podcasting tip. Yeah, pull it pull it back, Jared. <laughs> Uh, anybody else notice a one omen? of us? One of us. A an augury, an omen. Any omens in this episode? Um, huh?
2: Caleb's presence, his hair, his bangs. Those bangs or something. Yeah, he's got a he's got a mop. He's he's going with the, the frat swoop. It looks like that's an omen. He, it's like, but but it's more of like like a what's that? What's the group that sings like? And I chimed in with, it, "Haven't you?" <laughs> What's that? What's Panic that, at the Disco? That's Panic at the he Disco. He
0: looks like
1: a fucking member of Panic at the Disco to me. Okay.
0: But scruffier. Yeah. The Definitely
1: scruffier. So as far as the caption for this episode goes, oh, hello again. song,
2: by the way, it's stuck in my head. Now it's stuck in my head. That's so this good. It's the rest of this pod.
1: Hello Jared. again. Don't worry about a thing. It's all in your head. We see a number of different people told some version of this, this episode. Peter being the most obvious one. Caleb's also told this by his wife. And Christina was told this on the worst first date ever, which we'll get into later. (laughs) So let's start off by discussing the cold (laughs) open. But before we do that, This episode of Freeze All Motor Functions is brought to you by the amazing folks at Felix Gray Glasses. The good folks at Felix Gray create effective, research-backed products to improve humans' relationships with technology, making them a perfect sponsor for a Westworld podcast. It all started five years ago when Felix Gray set out to create eyewear that would make it easier and more comfortable for humans to stare at screens. Why? Why? Because whether you like it or not, we all live in a digital world now. Cue the Coldplay parody. We live in a digital world. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Don't panic. Kind of a Coldplay deep cut, I guess. But And living in a digital world means we are forced to look at screens, screens, and more screens all day, every day. And the thing about all these screens, Ross, you jerk, is that they are wreaking havoc on our eyeballs and brains and causing things like eye strain, headaches, and blurry vision. The blue light emitted from these screens is the culprit, and Felix Gray's clear blue light lenses filter 15 times more blue light than other clear lenses do. Nine out of ten customers experience relief from eye strain, headaches, and or blurry vision. Serena, you were saying that Bernard actually wears Felix Grey glasses. Is this true?
0: It's what I heard. I got a direct call from the costume designer. Confirming. Oh, wow.
2: What an insider tip she works in the the TV industry
1: she's in the industry jared it could be true and felix gray glasses don't just do a great job protecting your eyes and brain from the evilest screens they're also incredibly high quality and built to last felix gray has both non-prescription glasses and prescription glasses available so they truly are for anyone and everyone check out felix gray's full selection at felix gray com slash famf that's f-a-m-f famf famf where you'll have access to free shipping, returns, and exchanges for a completely risk-free shopping experience. That's F-E-L-I-X, G-R-A-Y glasses, dot com, slash F-A-M-F, free shipping, free returns, free exchanges. They're the best, Jared. I wear them every day. Felix Gray. You do? There's a link for that deal in the description of this episode. So the cold open, the Hoover Dam has been turned into a hydroelectric data center with permanent data storage capabilities. And I would be remiss to say to both of you... uh. Did you guys notice that they dropped Fungible less than five minutes into this episode? They said Fungible repeatedly. I noticed that. Is was this interesting. The NFT craze has made its way to Westworld. We've never, they've never said Fungible, to my knowledge, in any other season. But now it's, it's the NFT age. Serena, thoughts?
0: Well, I feel like they're always on the forefront of like whatever techie thing is going on. So it, it tracks for me. Like they they want to be immersed in the real world as much as possible.
1: Will you go on the record right now and say that uh, Jonah Nolan is a crypto bro?
0: I, I will go on the record. I can't say that I've received any confirmation <laughs> or I think I get hit with like a cease and desist. But, okay. so, <laughs> but, but so, he's, he does give me big crypto bro vibes. Like maybe the guy that she was on that terrible first date with is like loosely based on some of his crypto bro friends.
1: Yeah, that guy, honestly, like, you believe it or not. So last night I watched that investment guy on the first date with Christina and I immediately took his advice, and my portfolio is now up 600%. That guy's a genius. He gave me the best investing tips I've ever seen. Wow. Wow. Did That's... he
0: also give you some good, like, advice for what tabs to take? He did. He seemed...
1: Yeah. I gave him all of my ailments, my anxiety, my depression, and he was like, oh, dude, don't worry. There's a tab for that.
0: He was like, 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 you got to stop that? the coffee vape, bro. There's a tab for that.
1: Yeah. He's like, dude, you want to wean off your coffee vape, your caffeine vape? Yeah, there's a tap for that. Okay, now correct me if either of you two disagree. William wants to take control of this damn data storage facility from Hugo and his cartel, as William refers to it, because he believes it is where Dolores decided to store the Westworld Sector 16 data after stealing it from William eight years ago, and he wants this data back under his control, even though it's encrypted, and he can't decrypt it, and he thinks nobody else can. But actually, there's one person who can, and it is Bernard. Serena, am I right about that?
0: I agree. I did think, though, speaking of like where this data is stored, are, I didn't read any other recaps or anything. Are we sure that it's a different facility? Because it looked a lot like the Mesa Hub to me. But maybe I just think all of that style architecture looks the same. Like, I was getting big either park vibes or, like, Sonora, where that weird storage facility was? Like, are we sure it's a separate facility?
1: Yeah, so I'm pretty sure it's specifically the Hoover Dam. because um, Yeah, it is. Yeah, Hugo asks the man in black, or asks William, he says, hey, have you ever seen it before? He goes, oh, yeah, I came here when I was a kid with my parents. Now, are you asking if perhaps that's in a park?
0: That's what, so, I, my dumb like everything has is contained in the capsule of the show went to like oh he's making a not a joke but kind of downplaying his time in the westworld parks like oh like yeah i just went here once as a kid even though he spent a large portion of his life in the parks but i think your your read makes a lot more sense yeah
1: the only reason i think it's not because what he said when he was a kid and he we saw that he didn't enter westworld until he was like 30 as we saw in season one with logan
0: right i thought he was just like I don't know what I thought. I'm also terrible at recognizing any landmark or skyline. Like, I know my own skyline, and other than that, they're all interchangeable to me. Like, could not pick the Sears Tower out of a lineup.
1: Yeah, Roman Mars is pissed at you for not recognizing a, a modern architectural marvel. Okay. It's not called that anymore, I'm by sorry. the way. The Hoover Dam?
2: No, the, the Sears Tower. Oh, yeah, it's called the
1: Willis, Willis Tower. Willis Tower. What you talking about, Willis? Respect Willis! So See,
0: I don't know anything about <laughs> any towers.
1: Well, what about what about the tower? The tower. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, the
0: tower. I have a take on that, but we can wait till we get to the tower. Okay.
1: We'll wait till we get to the
2: tower. I have a lot to say about that storyline. But first, the man in black.
1: Yeah. Tell me when I, when I can do my spiel. Okay. <laughs> It'll be a bit. So, after Hugo refuses to sell the dam to William, Hugo later has his body taken over by a horde of flies, courtesy of William, after which William commands hugo to kill all his associates sign the dam over to him before commanding hugo to kill himself thus ending the cold open and thus making serena completely correct about the flies this season being things that make humans go under the control of the hosts please clap for serena
2: yeah so uh they
1: what are the are what the flies are magic. Well, they're they're hosts, as we see in the opening credits. the ho- the, the The flies are hosts. Yeah, they're they're made by well, they're they're robots. The robo flies, and they go in and they make you do stuff. Pretty
2: but fly for a robot guy. It's kind of like being possessed. <laughs>
0: Exactly, like being possessed. And I think it is interesting that they chose flies because not only has it been themology in the show, but I'm obsessed with this whole like flies are attracted to organic matter thing. And I would be willing to bet that flies cannot control other hosts the same way that they could inhibit a human.
2: That's a pretty hardcore power they've got, though like the ability to just take anybody over and make them do whatever.
1: Yeah, it seems a bit OP. They should nerf flies. Yeah, flies are OP for sure. (laughs) They, they need what do they need to buff, Ross? And they need to nerf flies. They need to buff Christina's storyline. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, it was. It was I, I think this is a lot of setup to like really compare Christina to Dolores this episode. Like, and I, I have a crackpot theory about Christina as well. We'll get to Christina, we'll get to we'll Christina. Get to yeah, so that was the open or the cold open, and all of this cold open. I, I enjoyed it. Did you guys like the cold open? Yeah, as an individual
2: scene, it was. uh, I did because. Yeah the the cartel thing was cool. I mean, just
1: like we don't know what year it is, do we? Well, yeah, with seven years after last season took place. So what is that? Was last season twenty forty eight?
0: I think it was. It was either twenty forty eight or fifty eight. I have it written down somewhere. I think twenty fifty eight. My old notes. I think twenty fifty eight. Well,
2: in the future, the cartel controls the the Hoover Dam, and that's (laughs) that's hilarious in and of itself. But not only that. The man in black is over there and here's my first question. Is it is it William is it the man in black for real or is it a host
1: representation of the man in black? That is exactly where I was going to go with this. I believe personally that it is the host version of William that we saw at the end of season 3, but what is weird to me about that whole thing is that at the end of the episode we see that Maeve thinks it's legit William. So I'm like, wait, what
0: they were on opposite sides of the war. So I could kind of see a world where especially like all that weird fidelity testing with William was very like underground park stuff. I'm fully and like, I will eat my words if I'm wrong about this, but I'm fully under the impression that. Charlotte, whoever she is now, and. This host William are somehow in cahoots, and that 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 is going to be the force behind this William Man in Black. Because we I do watched, not think that's a human at the very least.
2: This we watched will the host
1: William, slit real William's throat. Right? At the, yeah, the, at the end of the season three, and uh, end credit scene. And if if Christina,
2: who's played by the same character that used or the same actress that used to play Dolores, but has brunette hair. Is a brunette, brown hair. If Christina is a completely new character, which we, which may be very well the case, I don't know. We'll get your takes on that later. Then, are all the other characters still the same? Like, what is what? Like, are we to assume? Yeah. Like, there's just so. There's a lot of questions around that for me. Like, the who is who, and the does it really is does it really matter, or is it just about like? I mean, it seems like this season's going to stand in a capsule sort of like almost like a reboot of the same show but with a totally new world to deal, a new new thing
1: to deal with i don't know i think all you really need to go into the season with is a knowledge of who you think each character is right so charlotte is dolores because we know that from last season that was the big reveal last season and that came into this season william we don't know who william is you're i think the whole point of this is you're supposed to think but if we slit the real could have been a different timeline that's how they uh, get ya. It's Westworld, Ross. Every time you're about to ask a question, go, "Wait, could that be a different timeline?" And if you have if you're not sure, then it can be. Yeah. If a
0: if a Chiron didn't flash across the screen saying this is the date and location, it and even if it did, it probably isn't. Yeah.
1: It said ASL, William, Dubai, horny. So do you think they
2: like last question, do you think they like making it as uh is, is, like, the confusing nature of the show and all the questions around who's who, is that supposed to be part of it?
1: Or is it, like, unintentional confusion? Serena, thoughts?
0: I'm not ready for this question. I think, it, I to, think
1: it's part of the confusion. I think that they—I think they think after the end—or after the cold open, we all think that that is the host— William. I think they think all the viewers think that. Because why would live real William roll up solo to the cartel and talk all that shit? It's got to be the host. Well, he also has control of the fly host technology. Right. Which, again, he's had control of a lot of host technology before. That's not to say that he's in cahoots with Charlotte, but... I think it's a safe assumption, though, that it's host William. Yes, I think so. And the only reason why I doubt that is because I consider Maeve a smart character, minus her obsession with her fake daughter... And she thinks it's real William just because she saw it in that host's brain. That's all it takes for you, Mave. You've seen so many different people in different people's bodies, Mave, And you go, oh, look, that guy looks like William. Eh, surely that's just him and it's not a host. What the
2: hell, Mave? Well, maybe she just has no reason well, to, to question it.
0: Seven years underground, like in hiding, do a lot of weird stuff to your brain, even if it's a host brain.
1: I guess. And she's been doing that weird meditating where she like... Breaks the radio and turns off Bobby Bones. <laughs> Goes full 11 from Stranger Things. Yeah, there. seriously. Yeah, Maybe went full 11. Jesus. That was wild. Okay. As always, when there's a new season of Westworld, there's an accompanying host of new opening credits animations, and this new opening credits is perhaps my favorite one yet. It starts off with an awesome shot of a... What looks like a sunrise, that's actually a light bulb, a light bulb moving over a close-up of a fly's eyeball as a fly host is being printed. I love the comparison between all like the lenses of a fly's eyeball and then the rehoboam injury or imagery from the last season. Um, I thought that was really cool. I thought it was cool they kind of like transition it this season going from rehoboam weird funky sphere to fly eyeball, weird funky sphere. Um, you get the piano strings that turn into a thread being printed by the host printer. Then we get what is by all accounts, the tower. You see it being printed, a printed tower. Somebody here had tower thoughts. Okay. Is this what you thought the tower would look like? Serena?
0: Is I had no idea what I expected, but I will say that. Because you don't know what any
1: architecture looks like as we learned earlier.
0: I, the only I know mid century modern, and I know brutalism. And did that's we did
1: much we it. know
2: a tower was coming? At, at, I suspected
0: yeah. a tower was coming because at the activation event, when I was speaking to the human host, whatever that was serving my coffee, oh, when yeah. the chime played, he said, "At the tower, make a left," or something oh. to that effect.
1: Activation activated. Behind the scenes knowledge.
0: Fam fam.
1: Okay, so so you knew a tower was coming, so we didn't hear about the tower until later on, so when I first watched the opening credits, I had no idea what this was. I thought it, I thought it was some sort of space needle thingamajig. Now, the fact that it's printed like a host was weird. Are they, are they 3D printing buildings? If they are, then what the hell is Caleb doing as a construction guy? They don't need you, loser.
2: No, I think you're taking the the intro too literally. It's uh it's just like imagery. Like you know how at the beginning of a Bond film they have all that that weird imagery. It doesn't play into the plot. It's just it
1: just representative of the shit that we're going to deal with this season or whatever. Oh, yeah. And like when, when they make the like main female like counterpart of his have a really weird name. It's like that's not part of the plot. It's just like for fun. What? What? I'm thinking of a lot of a China, but I think that was from Austin Powers, not James Bond
2: yeah but that was a play on all the James Bond actresses having like ridiculously sexist names. They did have names like that, but none as as- none quite as flagrantly uh <laughs> disturbing <laughs> as a lot of vagina uh
1: I've never seen a James Bond movie, not a single one, not what? reboot oh, not I've original so many of them never seen one so.
2: yeah anyway but that I think it's supposed to be more symbolic than, okay. than like literal they not but but to your point. Just because it shows a tower, obviously, we're, we're dealing with the tower. The tower gets brought up repeatedly, um, so it needed to be somewhere in the intro, and I think they just have it printing like that yeah. because that's how
1: things get made or whatever. So you think, you well, think Caleb might be, might be like a construction guy who could build a tower?
2: Yeah. Well, so yeah.
1: That's his job, right? He's up there doing
2: construction on a tower of some kind. Mm-hmm. But that's not the tower, right? That's just a tower. A tower, not the tower. And it's not the Dark Tower, not that novel series. It's Stephen not the Man King. in a High Tower, either. Uh, Idris Elba, Matthew McConaughey, not that one.
0: Nor is it the two towers in The Lord of the Rings.
2: Thank you. Let's cover all the towers here. want to make sure we're clear. Towers by Bonnie Vare. Also not the song Towers by Boney Vare. Not the Lord of the Rings towers. We're, we're good. All right. We, okay, I think we covered our
1: bases there. Hey, guess what? Not the Eiffel Tower.
0: <laughs> That's a different thing.
1: Of course, there's a there's a human host being printed, and then there's a fucking skeleton playing the piano. What the fuck? How, it's been so many years of watching this stupid fucking skeleton play a stupid fucking piano, and he lifts his hands up. Guess what? The piano's playing itself. I don't give oh, a fuck. Wow. I don't give a fuck. Get this fucking skeleton piano out of here. I still like it. I still like Why it. Do I you don't. Like it? It's so
2: weird that you're against it as the J Bone Bone Man. Uh, it's 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 just weird. I love dancing skeletons. As a result of the Bone Zone, uh, it's just it's just weird.
1: I'm the only fucking skeleton around here. You're anti-bone. Do you like it, Serena?
0: I like it because it's a reminder where we came from. Like, there's always, we've we've feared so far from Westworld, a show that used to have horses in it, have not seen a horse in so long. It's nice to have this imagery of the the player piano reminds us where we started.
2: It also reminds me to have enough calcium intake to avoid osteoporosis.
1: (laughs) That's what reminds you of that. Yep. Do you go take calcium pills? In science class in middle school, there was always a skeleton looming in a corner. mine, it was Got Milk campaign. Oh, hey, Jared, drink milk or your bones are going to break in half, you stupid, fragile bitch. That was my first porn, the Got Milk campaign ads. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Yep. Um,
2: It counts. I took a turn. There's another (laughs) little curtain. I'll just peel back the personal one this time, Jared. It counts. We also see two— Oh, go on, Serena.
0: No, I was just going to say, I like to think that Ross doesn't drink calcium for two years and then Westworld comes back and he's like, oh shit, and he's just like calcium loading. Oh, uh, I
1: thought for you were going to say you also masturbated to the Got Milk ads. Instead of carbo-loading, you think Ross is calcium loading? Yeah. <laughs> can, can you have too much calcium to where you just become a bone? You become one large bone. <laughs> one time is I had a drug test and
2: I drank too much water, so I know that's a thing.
1: You can drink too much water, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, it fucked me up. There, So there was a campaign, it was called... Don't we for a Wii? This is like back when the Wii came out, and you couldn't get one. And some radio station hosted a thing, where was, you had to drink like X gallons of water, and then last one to pee wins the Wii. The Nintendo Wii. Okay, yeah, Nintendo. But, but then then a woman died because she got water poisoning. Oh. Wow. Rest in peace. Okay. Jeez. Rest in peace. Speaking of dying, we see two blank human hosts in this <laughs> in this opening credits, kind of looking at each other. Which, later, it looks like they're in an incinerator and they, like, burn up. And then, the incinerator looks like a fly's eyeball because it's a bunch of little kind of hosts all burning together in these little tiny, like, hexagons that look like the little balls of a fly's eyeball. Sweet balls of fire, Jared. Sweet balls of, What? Would you guys have anything to make of that, like, incinerator-looking scene at the end of the credits? I mean, things aren't going
2: well, it doesn't seem. <laughs> You know, it's all very ominous, the
1: imagery. Yeah.
0: Some might say it's an augury.
1: Ooh, I think that is an augury. Wow. I think it is. Speaking of things that don't look good, Ross's balls don't look good. And this episode of Freeze All Motor Functions is brought to you by Manscaped. Fellas, if you're like most men during the summer, you're more concerned with your clothes than what's going on under them. So it's pretty likely that your carpets need cleaning, drapes need dusting, and your lawn needs mowing. I'm talking about pubes and I'm talking about you, Ross. Well, Manscaped are the global leaders in below-the-waist grooming, and they have the best tools for cleaning aisle five in your pants. Time to clear out your bush and join the other four million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with our exclusive promo code FAMF, F-A-M-F, FAMF.
2: Jared, my balls are very smooth because I use Manscaped.
1: Oh, you must have done that earlier today because last night they were not. Wow. Personal. (laughs) Ross, you look like your groin is absolutely disgusting right now, even though you just said it (laughs) was. Why? So listen up. (laughs) Manscaped has the full package you need for grooming yourself right up, the Performance Package 4.0. And here's the skinny. To start off, use the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer to get the most precise shave on your downstairs hedges. Mm. Waterproof designed to reduce nicks, and is equipped with an LED light for precise trimming in the dark. I don't know why you would do that, but you can. So you can take it in the fucking
2: shower. It's waterproof, too. Do it. Do you have a light in your shower? No. It's, I mean, yeah, but it's dimmer in there. You know, it's a romantic light for lovemaking, Jared. True. That's why I shave my balls in there, too. Also makes for easy uh, dispatch of the hair. That's fair. Falls from my nutsack.
1: <laughs> they thought of everything. <laughs> then... Make sure to clear your holes and smell the spring air with the <laughs> weed whacker. This nose and ear hair trimmer uses skin safe technology which helps prevent nicks, snags and tugs in those delicate I holes. I
2: legitimately use this a couple times a month, I'm not it's none of this is a joke. Uh, all of it's dead serious. And oh yeah. I'm only laughing because something else I was thinking of. And uh, it's amazing. It's the first thing I've ever I've never trimmed my nose hair or my ear hair before, but I'm getting up there I'm 35. You got to do something and I use that fucking
1: thing and it's amazing. After clearing your nose, Ross, you, 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 with your delicate holes, you may be a better smeller because you, you're clearing out some of your nose. So make sure to get rid of your foul ball smell, Ross. And you can do that with the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. The Crop Reviver is a spray-on toner. For your balls. Wow, I should get that for my disgusting groin. <laughs> and then you finish off with the plow 2.0. The perfect razor for shaving the face. Because you can't use the pube trimmer on the face. That's weird. I know. I've done it. It doesn't. It's not good. It's Don't not do good. that. Get 20% off plus free shipping with our code FAMF. F-A-M-F at FAMF. Manscaped.com. 20% off. Free shipping. FAMF. 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 Manscaped.com. Okay. So after the opening credits, we reunite with our old friend Dolores via the classic... Westworld overhead wake-up shot, except it's not Dolores. Just like in episode one of season one that I watched ten minutes before I saw this scene. <laughs> <laughs> By accident. That, see, that was really good for this callback. That, yeah. you, you were really able to see the comparison. I was like, you... oh, look, the same shot, but she's a brunette. <laughs> yeah, it's not It's not Dolores. It's Christina. Christina. Ex tina Yep.
2: A... Uh, I also masturbated. To... No, I'm, just, I'm sorry. I, I won't. But, uh... Xtina, Christina Aguilera's Extina Faze was, was sexual um, In nature And I was a teenage boy Don't judge me Stop Not judging And Okay, uh, okay So what the fuck Is happening here We watched season 3 Dolores Dies Seemingly Goes down for the squad She plugs
1: herself Into that machine And destroys it Or something yeah, she, she, it. Dolores dies At the end of season 3 That is a fact So this the is OG, not Dolores OG Dolores The is one you gone. see in season 1 Swatting the flies She's Painting done. pictures Gonzo peaced out. Gonzo like so the we Muppet. have no idea
2: where this exa- I mean clearly it's it's some version of orig- it looks it's, it looks exactly like her except she's a brunette. But her name is Christina and she's dealing with a lot of phone calls, spam calls that are just <laughs> relatable. Wildly. That is relatable. It, a lot of spam calls coming in. Her it, her phone looks like my phone. It's bad. <laughs> it's bad, Jared. It's bad out there for all of us in which she can feel that and except she's got one of them that's harassing her.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um I've got a crackpot theory about Christina's origins. Christina. You guys want to hear it? Yep. Absolutely. So, yeah. The details of this whole Christina thing, pretty murky, so I had to come up with a crackpot theory to cut through the murk with my words. Do it. My crackpot theory is that... Do it. When she was still alive, OG Dolores programmed a version of herself that would be able to live a full and free life along with the humans after she saved the humans. And this version that she decided to call Christina was untainted by Dolores' past and all the trauma that comes with it. So she has none of Dolores' memories. She's just a, a, a Dolores and Dolores' image with Dolores's all the once she had back when she was, you know, just regular Dolores wanting to write her own story, which is why she's a story writer now. So she has all of Dolores' powers, but she doesn't even know it. No, yes. I don't think she has... I, ah, that's actually a good, a good point. She probably, I guess, would have Dolores's badass fighting powers and stuff. She's a superhero, but she doesn't even know... She's an X-Man, but she doesn't even know it yet. Uh, although, if she was... I, I think maybe Dolores moderated her her powers, like, went into her little, you know, the thing where you put the levels in and put her down to, like, three in terms of strength, because Peter really... Yeah, but what happens when she meets fucking uh,
2: our boy? Which one? with the With the glasses... Oh.
1: What's his name? Who's the boy the... Bernard?
2: Bernard. What happens when she meets Bernard? Our knows, boy with the glasses. He knows how to crank it up in there, dude. He knows how to juice the fucking wheel, you know? That's
1: true. That's true. That's 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 a good point. You think Maybe Bernard goes in with his glasses and his Felix Grays and he juices the He's wheel. He's like, hold on, you look exactly like my friend. Let me open up the back of your head and juice the wheel. What does Serena, even what do you think about my crackpot theory about Christina?
0: I am mostly on board. I definitely had the same thought that she or somebody programmed this i don't know if it's necessarily her because and i don't want to fast forward too much but later when someone comes to rescue her from peter who by the way it's dolores's father's name so we have another illusion there oh um, shit. It, and you know that's not an accident like they did not just like sit in the writer's room like oh peter sounds like a chill name um, I, I think
1: i think lisa and jonah are going to be listening to this episode of the podcast and go holy shit serena's right
0: <laughs> maybe they'll hire me <laughs>
1: Where they're going Hell, oh, fuck we did use that name already <laughs> oh fuck uh okay no
0: no no um but i i think that someone programmed her and i don't know if it was necessarily her because when peter attacks her the person who comes and beats the shit out of peter arrives in what looks like one of those delos cars so delos seems to be at least aware of her existence and is maybe protecting her in some way shape or form so, so i th-
1: interesting or someone there is i well, did is not Charlotte? take i didn't take that scene of the dellas car i didn't take that as the person arriving in that car maybe i'm wrong i i, I thought that uh, we'll get into who the mysterious savior was but i thought he just came out of the shadows like a like a shadow man I mean before don't they all, don't petty. they all have the, the the same car? Yeah, they all have the Cybertruck. The same fucking
2: floating the Dell Cybertruck. Don't try to throw a rock through the window. I think they mentioned it in the in the post credits like inside the episode deal, they say something about ride share. Like every it's all ride share.
0: Oh, see, I never watch those cuz I'm afraid that they'll like taint my thoughts before I want them to be tainted. So like I binge them after the whole season.
2: Oh, I Sorry, watched I it to try to so gain times. some
1: semblance of what the hell is happening. <laughs> yeah, so I, I thought, yeah, I, I would say it was a rideshare thing. I think those are the rideshare things we see. We see those in in episodes past. Uh, that's I'm going to go with Ross on this one because um, I want I want him to feel happy for having watched that. Points for Ross. <laughs> yeah, and me yeah, but, and my disgusting groin.
0: <laughs> totally, if Ross and his disgusting groin are correct, they, I still think that somebody. That means somebody's watching her, whether it's Delos or not, like somebody has eyes on her. And the question is, why is it because she works at? And again, don't want to jump ahead too much. Is it because she works at Olympiad and they're protecting all of these story writers because they clearly have a bigger piece in the human architecture than we know? Or is it is it more specific to her?
1: Let's jump off that. And I want you to explain to all the people, including me and Ross, what you think Olympiad does, because aside from. Christina's job being to write the dialogue for NPCs. I don't know if this is a Westworld style full on life simulation thing where you go into a park. I don't know if this is just a video game. I don't know if this is VR. I don't know if this is AR. I have no idea what Olympiad Entertainment actually does.
0: Well, I think we're not supposed to know. I think it's supposed to be a little bit murky at this point. But, and sorry for this reference, but my first thought was thinking about like that Microverse episode of Rick and Morty where it's like every universe is like a mini universe powering another universe powering another universe so i think the what the people working at olympiad think is that they're game designers but then we have this this peter character who's very insistent that it's like a stranger than fiction situation where she is in fact writing his life and i i do feel like there's no way they're putting this big. Co- you know, every season we have a new company, except one and two. We had Delos. Three, we had Insight. Four, now we have Olympiad. I'm I feel excited, like. Th- yeah.
1: ba-dum, ba-dum, we ba-dum, need ba-dum.
0: an Olympiad song now.
1: Oh, they already have one—the Olympic theme song.
0: Bum 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 bum
1: bum 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 All right, I caught and on and there at the you, end. And then you got Bob Costas. This is the games of the little blah, 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 Bob Costas, man, go on, Serena. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry, that was so breathtakingly beautiful. I lost my train of thought. But no, but I it think... really did.
2: It. Okay, so obviously she has no idea what is actually. No, actual, she has what, no idea. Like she doesn't know what this guy's talking about. She thinks he's fucking crazy. Yeah, just some lunatic yelling at her. He is insistent that she is writing the story to his life. Yeah, and the first question I have is how the fuck is he, if if she is,
1: well it's not in some video game, like this guy's right there, he comes and finds her. Yeah, so this guy comes in talking about the tower, talking about how do you know so much about me, like you're, you're ruining my life, then you have the other guy, which Christina walks by on her way to work, who's another crazy guy talking about the tower, so you have at least two people talking about the tower, seemingly crazy, seemingly total outliers in this society, living in the general population. That, I, I, in terms of the world building, I'm so confused so far, and I, I'm supposed to be, I, and I understand that and respect that, but I'm, I've not been able to gauge whether Dolores is, like, part of the actual highest level real world, or whether she's some cog, like Rehoboam style, in another version of the world that's replaced you mean the Christina? Rehoboam world. What'd I say? Dolores? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Dolores, is, 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 she's deceased. Okay. It's Christina. It's
2: X-Tina. tina so, so, Okay,
1: with... X-Tina.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, that's... This is the most... It's like... That's the thing. You, we're obviously not supposed to have all the answers yet. That's what the yeah. show does. Yes. But this is a very trackable storyline with a fresh character that I don't need to have any past information attached to, and I really enjoyed that aspect of it. It was it was easy to follow what, we, what I was supposed to know, yeah. right? And it was obviously pretty you know, intriguing. I was It was captivating to see her getting, like, stalked by some dude who apparently she's writing his life, but if she's writing his life, did she write this? He's gonna come, I guess maybe it's not only things she writes that, he, that happened to him. He can go, he has free will. I don't know. We're gonna find out, yeah. but there's a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah, we, Serena?
0: I just have a question because with this whole Dolores-Christina mix-up, and, and it's an open-ended, like, I'm sure we'll get more answers as the season goes, but, In this first scene with her, not only do we have the wake up, we see in her bedroom, it's this kind of like brutalist style architecture. I told you it's the only other thing I know. And then we see this wooden easel, which looks a lot like the easel Dolores used to paint landscapes on in Westworld. And then we go out into the main room and we have this white shoe or black shoe moment. Are all of these things just uh, like a callback to the idea of loops or is it Easter eggs for longtime viewers? Or are we supposed to read into the fact that this is a recycled and reprogrammed consciousness? And I have thoughts about it later, but like I'm leaning towards the last one. But after they did that thing, and I never got over this, in season two, where the preview showed them flipping through all these drawings. And I had all of you've these been takes on still,
1: it. You've been harping on this for like three years.
0: I'm not over it. Wait, hold I on. What so was many. It?
1: I don't remember that. Say
0: it. So in the trailers for season two, they had this shot where like they were looking through Dolores's actual Dolores's old house in the Westworld Park, and they flipped through all of the paintings that she ever did on the easel. And I had all of these takes about what it was going to mean. And then I don't know if it just got left on the cutting room floor or if it was a total red herring, but it never came into play Uh, in the season. Serena,
1: Uh, that is your version of my obsession with the wolf. That fucking <laughs> so wolf. What this, the fuck is that wolf doing? In this case, I think the
2: Christina's whole setup does mirror Dolores' whole setup in uh, not just in the way they obviously pan out from her face and all that, but the room and such. Um, and obviously, they do the the white shoe, black shoe thing to mirror white, black, white hat, black hat. It just. I mean, I think it was a mix of both, like, cute little callbacks, like, haha, you're back in watching Westworld again, and also maybe a hint of subtext to whether or not that actually is a version of Dolores's c- consciousness, but it could also be, like you said, some carried over consciousness for, or something,
1: I don't know, it's just, yeah, we're obviously not supposed to have the answer yet. Uh, it, is it cheesy, by the way? The whole white shoe, black shoe thing with Maya, right when she walked out of her bedroom—is it cheesy? First, is it cheesy of the season? I uh, wh- don't which part? Think Maya going, which pair should I wear—the white pair or the black pair? And she's wearing a white dress, just like the hosts are when they my, present you with the hats. My personal first
2: cheesy moment of this season was "This is America, everything's for sale."
1: That was pretty bad.
2: <laughs> yep, didn't even. That but- one was mine.
1: Yeah. Serena, is it cheesy?
0: I think I audibly said "boo." Um, I don't think it's cheesy because I th- it, it prompted my first crackpot theory, which is it could totally be a red herring. But that moment, because they didn't, they they obviously wanted you to notice it, but it's not like they were like white or black, you know. They didn't like draw it out excessively. Yeah, they didn't. Made me think that maybe you think they did draw it out. Excessively? No, I think
1: they did not draw. They didn't like zoom in okay. on each one and like f- slow down her saying it
0: right and they didn't even say white or black it was it was kind of like a blink and you miss it or like if you're not a crazy person doing a westworld yeah i I thought that was
2: appropriate i thought that was appropriate
0: but i did think that they're foreshadowing that maya is a plant to keep an eye on christina with part of dolores's consciousness (laughs) that is my first crackpot theory that that was them foreshadowing that maya is some kind of plant.
1: You think she's a plant? She looks like a human to me. Who <laughs> <laughs> <that> was coming? <laughs> Got him, <'em>. J Bone. That's <laughs> no, a good theory. It's good crackpot theory. Can appreciate that. Sure. Oh, sure. Um, she does have some plants on her balcony, so that could make that could tie in.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna fit in with them perfectly.
1: Speaking, by the way, of the plants on her balcony, there's something else. Well, a fire escape, I guess. In New York, you call it... Well, I guess it's San Francisco?
0: No, I think this is New York because okay. that scene where she's walking to work is on the High Line, which is where the Westworld activation event was. So I, I did want to call attention to this because I was trying to describe what the High Line looked like on last week's episode. When Dolores, Sorry, Christina is walking to work. That is literally where I was walking where the whole performance oh, was. Oh, sh- no way. Mm-hmm. So, and that goes from... like it. it chelsea and then it runs god uh, new yorkers are going to kill me if i say it's wrong but i think it runs through the west village which is where i got off um could be wrong always get my new york neighborhoods confused Ross, but I'm should we yell at her sure... should we
1: yell at her like two angry new yorkers hey whoa some <laughs> pipe down <that laughs> out <walking> there <laughs> learn your routes of the of the of the tube <laughs>
0: I mean, it could still be San Francisco or like it's a constructed New York within San Francisco. But I feel like it would be strange, kind of like you guys picked up on the Hoover Dam right away. I didn't because I'm dumb. Um, it would be strange to take such an iconic thing from New York and be like, oh, it's San Francisco. I like,
1: like the idea that that like it's like a, you know, how they do Chinatown in a lot of cities. I like the idea that they're doing little New York in San Francisco. That would be way I funnier to me. So <laughs> doing little versions of right. other. Imagine, Ross, if there, was a, if there was a little San Francisco in Austin. That would be the douchiest place on God's green earth. Yeah, we're already we're doing it. I well, should note, she in- picks the white shoes, by she the way. Does. She does. Goes with white. She does pick the white shoes. Now, Serena, as our resident female here on the podcast, I would like you to break down uh, the first date that Christina had with the investor bro. How did oh it go? Would, would you, if, you're, if you're Christina, are you going to hit him up for another one?
0: no i feel like i've been on this date especially being from san francisco like where they like manufacture crypto bros i felt her pain wholeheartedly and uh, i i don't think i have the constitution to walk out on a date but like i, I did not fault her for running off to the bathroom <laughs> yeah given how he treated her you
1: mean the here's a direct quote a direct quote from this date you sound depressed <laughs> He was a little Patrick bateman He was very Patrick Bateman-y. Yeah. Were they, at, were they at Dorsia? Is that where the date was? Dorsia? Uh.
2: Try getting a reservation at Dorsia now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> By the way, at this, at this date, she says, I've been working on a new game, which gave me major Dr. Ford The Door vibes. Oh, yeah, that is a good callback.
0: I have—this all goes into my, my paragraph at the end about games and the maze. And We've been
1: teasing I, this paragraph so hard. It better be the best paragraph, like, in the history of the podcast.
0: It's a mediocre paragraph, but, but it's going to tie a lot of things together.
1: Okay. Um, do you guys have anything more to say about Peter? We, we covered it pretty well. You know, when he jumps off the building, he says, Is this up to me, or did you write this too? So I think we know there's, there's some connection between her job and what Olympiad Entertainment does and regular people. And do you have any other thoughts there, or do you think we're just not supposed to know?
2: No, I think we covered it pretty well earlier. It's yeah. Just, uh, I mean, the guy kills himself, so there's something going on.
1: Like, the, <laughs> There's something there. You know. He, Where there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah, he
2: does a header off the fucking building. So <laughs> the, something, it obviously, is going to continue to happen in that realm, and we'll find out more.
0: Well, I do wonder, this is my last thought, if there's something to do with the the implant that they were using in season three because we have that um, the imagery with later with Caleb where he's in front of that wall and it says, my brain, my choice. And it makes me wonder if there's like some, and again, not a fully formed theory at this point, but some crossover between like the implant and using it to control people. And if those are the people that are susceptible to being part of these narratives, haven't fully gotten there, but I do wonder if there's a tie-in of some sort.
2: I'll note that her boss directly asked for more stories where, like, everyone dies, too. Like, did she just say that?
1: The the boss did ask for that, yeah. Oh,
2: no, no. I I thought Serena might have just mentioned that as well. I kind of was reading something for a second. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, so it's like, uh, it's interesting to me that there's, not only is she writing this stuff, and there's someone accusing her of being in control of their life via the writing, they're also being directed to write, like, extremely fucked up shit. Yeah.
0: Well, and was that another season one callback? Because, again, it's been a while, but do you remember with um, Lee Sizemore and they they were trying to amp up the narratives to be more it, within the park to be more graphic or gory? Yeah. I think that's also just on.
2: a uh, a reference to like content, modern day content. Yeah. right? Like, yeah, like the violence and everything
1: has been ratcheted up so much from back in the day. It's just. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I have two more things I want to say about Christina before we move on to. Maeve First one Who do you think Left the maze On Dolores' fire escape Before her date Do you think it was Peter Do you think it was Teddy Or I have a crackpot theory here I think it was actually The neighbor kid Who smokes weed On the fire escape Like Maya said You know He's just high I think like, it's just Some high kid Who's like Oh this is fucking sick Dude
2: uh, I think it was Teddy But I'll save my thoughts Till the end I guess when we talk About Teddy
1: Serena
0: uh, I also think it was Teddy.
1: You don't think it was the, the high, gonna, the high teen? No, just you.
0: Just you. Are we gonna move on from Christina completely? Like, is this a good time to submit my my last Christina take, or are we gonna go back to her at the end?
1: Well, we are gonna do one more thing, and that is talk about who saved Christina. And it it was fucking Teddy. Holy, this was the this was the moment on this episode. Where I literally, I was like, whoa, I did the full Leonardo DiCaprio point at the, I was like, I I know that guy, I fucking know that guy, that's fucking, that's fucking Ted.
2: Okay, I did not react at all, at all to this, and then in the, in the post credits thing, they, they really played it up to like, been a huge reveal for the audience. It was a big reveal for me. And I was like, I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't remember
1: where we fucking left Teddy. He's, He's dead as fuck, she killed him. OG Dolores killed that man in a in a in a, a barn. An old barn. So he never came back from
2: there? No. That was the last time we saw Teddy. Was when Dolores murdered him. Serena? In season one. No, it's season two
0: That's what I season two, remember?
1: <laughs> season two? There yeah, was...
0: I was re- recalling the air Ted.
1: The what? Are you laughing at your own jokes?
0: Yeah, season two. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so... Um, no, that,
0: no, I just felt like I was talking.
1: I know, you're good. I, that's all I remember is she killed him in that in that rundown barn. Do you have any other remembrance of Teddy? I, I, I t- completely kicked him out of my brain. He was I, back to being Cyclops in my I head. I thought
2: he would come back and like teamed up with Bernard or something. Oh, that was... Uh,
1: Ashley Stubbs. Ashley. Ashley
2: Stubbs. Okay, no, okay, so this was a really big reveal then. So you we were, hadn't seen Teddy since that scene. I was confusing him with Ashley So you've been operating
1: Stubbs. for the last 24 hours under the idea that Roughly. Ashley
2: Stubbs... <laughs> Well, no, I was just combining their characters in my head. It's, okay. Look, if if they didn't want stuff like that to happen, they shouldn't make the show so confusing.
1: They shouldn't cast so many hot guys, any more ugly guys.
2: Yeah, and they're both like the hot in their f- mid-40s, maybe f- early 50s age, you know what I mean? So, it is what it is. Just total beef buses. Okay, so yeah, this guy, not dead. Teddy. Teddy. How'd he get back? Where the fuck did
1: he come from? I don't fucking know. Serena? I don't know
0: either, but I will say that last shot, I got visible goosebumps, so I was affected by it. With Visible? Like, you were looking at your own
1: goosebumps? Why weren't you watching the show that we're podcasting about? That's That's not a good... Ross is going to peel back the curtain and say that's not good podcast hosting. If you were looking at your visible goosebumps instead of the show we're podcasting about. It's
2: much better to have looked at the screen and gone, yeah, so what? Ashley Stubbs was in last season.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Which is what I did. Okay, Serena, it's time for Serena's Christina takes.
0: Okay, so all the parallelism to season one, and then she has this, Christina has this line at the end where she says, I want a story with a happy ending, which is an old Dolores reverie, if you will. Dolores wanted a happy ending. She wanted to see the beauty in the world, but she never got it, right? Violence happened to her. It happened around her, and she ended up being kind of a pawn in this game. A past pawn. And now she's, Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> and now she's the one writing the games, but it kind of seems like she's still a pawn if she has control over people and she doesn't know about it. I, I do think it, it ties into Dalo somehow, but... I think she's been reprogrammed, repurposed and recycled, but the point of Westworld is that the nature of humanity, your personal humanity doesn't change. When Dolores was Charlotte, the thing that gave her away is that she cared about Charlotte's family. And Serac has this line where she says, the real Charlotte would have never taken the time to check on her son, Um, not with everything going on at Delos. Isn't it ironic that you ended up caring about her family more than the person you're impersonating? And so I feel like, and again, this, this kind of goes into the question that I was asking earlier, there has to be some part of Dolores left over that's been reprogrammed. But, but the thing that we learned about the hosts is that they do have their own individual humanity that never really leaves them. And, and that's why we're getting all of these reveries and callbacks. And we did see in the preview for the next episode that she recognizes Teddy. She says, I'm sure I've seen you somewhere before. And he's like, No, like you haven't. So that so they was my. Went,
2: they found dead Dolores after she. Dead Loris. After she destroys Rehoboam. And they went, We got to fire her back up, but let's give her a
1: new identity. Well, no, because so OG Dolores is. Uh, the She was totally erased herself. So. It, it's gotta be the same, it's gotta be like a version of Dolores just like Charloris is, just like Dolores was and all the other ones from last season. I don't know, I like that, I like that's a more like tangible plot though to me. Yeah, but it's not possible. That was the <coughs> whole, that was the big reveal last season is that OG Dolores is dead, sacrificed herself for Maeve and the hosts. In my opinion. Well, yeah, but they could have a- taken her body and put a new identity in it. Yeah, yeah, which brings me to my point here. Give me each your biggest crackpot theory as to who could be inside of Christina that is not a Dolores-like version. Oh, so you think it could be anybody? I think it could be fucking anybody. I think they our brains tell us that it's got to be a Dolores because it fucking looks like Dolores. Well, char looks like Charlotte Hale, and that's Dolores. So who the fuck is in Christina? I don't I don't think it's like one of the identities swapped into her. I think
2: it's Christina. Like like I think it's I'm I'm more on line with what Christi, or with what uh Serena was saying. Damn, I'm going to do it too. I know it's hard. Um because it just seems more it would be easier to explain, I think.
1: So I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, that's something this show
2: likes we, to do. We we obviously have no idea. I think it would be weird considering they do give us a lot of the Dolores nods to have it not be like a dolores tie-in in in the end
0: but it would be so westworld because that's the other thing like i was drafting this whole thing last night and then i was like this is what they want us to think so that makes me want to go back on my own theory which is why i brought it up because it would be very in true westworld fashion to build something that seems it's almost like it's too easy to just believe like it's the same actress like there's no that's why i I would love
2: it though because it's like It got to be too bullshit with, like, anybody could be anybody, and it's like, that. that is not, it takes away all the stakes, it takes away all the potential, you know, uh, bad stuff, the weight of it all, so it's like, I think restoring that to some extent, I mean, it could be, I will be a little upset if it's just some random character
1: stuffed into a
2: former Dolores lookalike that's gone brunette. That's, a, that would be that's a good take,
1: Ross, and I think if it is somebody, it's, it is a character that we all know, just not Dolores. Now, what Serena's doing is what sports bettors call fading herself, which is where you take what you think and go, wait, I'm stupid, it can't be what I think, it's gotta be the opposite of what I think, Yeah, and that's called fading yourself that's
2: right that's exactly right i fade myself all the time when i bet on sports on mybookie.ag.
1: jared oh this episode of freeze on motor functions is also brought to you by mybookie.ag. now that the stanley cup is over and my sweet beloved tampa bay lightning have had their chances at a true hockey dynasty killed dead ah we must all face a sad truth we've entered the sports dry season that's true jared no nfl no nhl no nba no college sports we got baseball, we got motorsports like Formula One, we got combat sports like UFC, and then Wimbledon. <laughs> and that's pretty much it. And the World Games. I think there's college baseball still, maybe. That just ended. Oh, it's over, yeah. What was that? What did you say, Serena? Wimbledon. The World Games. The World Games. World Games. The World? What's the World Games?
0: It's everything that's not in the Olympics, so it's there's like Darts. handball, but like, uh, cool. underwater basket weaving. <laughs> okay, well,
1: guess what? In order to make all these sports that we that, that's just what we got to watch right now, sports. feel like the big ones, there's only one thing you can do, bet on them with MyBookie for that extra skin in the game and thus that extra excitement in your life. Whether you're a diehard fan of or a newcomer to the current lineup of top spectator sports, there's never been a better time to join the MyBookie family. Getting started is simple. Just use promo code FAMF all our promo codes are FAMF right now. This is amazing. FAMF! FAMF! To secure your first deposit bonus up to $1,000 with MyBucky, stipulations apply, so check those out when you're signing up. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie and spice up this crappy time in sports. By the way, if you want a nice pair of bets to use, I, J-Bone, like Max Verstappen to win the 2022 British Grand Prix at minus 110 with a little long shot chaser paired with it of Lewis Hamilton to win at plus 1400. And of course... Follow my Formula One content brand, at Formula Bone, everywhere, especially TikTok and YouTube. Thank you very much. Some F1 bets for you there. hmm hmm Okay, guess what? It's Maeve time, bitches. Okay. Maeve's been living out in the woods for the last seven years. She's doing the old, uh, well, what's-his-name, Matt
2: Damon? Jason Bourne, dude. She's just fucking doesn't want to be a part of society anymore, you
1: know? Oh, my God, it's Maeve. Yep. <laughs> the new me. So we're going to need a Jason, a, oh my god, it's Maeve, Jason meme I think. We meet Maeve while she's reliving memories of her daughter, Hector, Clementine, and Caleb, during which we learn that Caleb, I guess, got shot and badly injured, seemingly during some mission to what it looked like was destroy Solomon, which that's why that's how I took it because, as we know, Rehoboam already is dead at those two's hands, and it looks like they're back in Mexico, so I assume they're going, we killed Rehoboam. Time to kill Solomon. Oh, my God, it's Maeve. That's how I What did you guys read? That whole Caleb getting shot thing any differently
2: than I did? I didn't even see. I, I assumed that was footage from season three, which I pretty much forgotten.
1: That's it. It wasn't because he never got shot that bad, he to did. my knowledge.
0: I just thought it was like a, because we later learned that it's seven years after season three and there was a war. So I just assumed it was like, a hey, we're not going to show you the last seven years. But he got shot.
1: Yeah, but he got shot pretty bad. And and it looked like he was going to die, and I thought he was going to die, and then we saw we ended up seeing him shortly afterwards. But uh, do you think they it looks like they destroyed Solomon? Is that is that supposed to be? If that's true, maybe it's crackpot theory. I don't know. But if it's true, is that supposed to just sh- like tie a knot on the whole? Is that what the war was? It was against Insight, yeah. The company, yeah, and Rehoboam and, and what they did. Remember all the riots at the end of last season. Marsh, yeah, Marshawn Lynch. But did they also own Solomon? Insight? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sh- Solomon yeah, was the predecessor. S- Would have made sense if they had to go after that. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. So yeah, that's. I was like, oh shit, Caleb might be dead. Holy shit! And and by the way, us seeing Caleb get shot now has to. It's a, it, this is a Westworld tenet. Caleb could be a host. I mean, I, I we
2: two seasons ago we hit anyone on this show could be a host. At any given moment. You
1: could be a host right now.
2: So for sure. I don't I don't think, here's what I'm saying. I don't think that that scene makes it any more likely that he is a host. I'm, I'm in Serena's camp. I think it was just like, this guy was in a war. A lot of time has passed. At some point he was even shot. That's so crazy. He must have been a really big hero in the war or whatever, you know? Okay. Serena, do you read that any differently? But he, but he could be. He could be a host for sure.
0: I mean, I wouldn't go so far as to rule anything out, but I don't think it. And I'm happy to eat my words if I'm wrong. I don't think it means he's a host.
1: Eat them. Eat them. So these memories that Maeve has cause her to create some electrical disturbance that causes a power outage in her area. I wonder, if they think I sent out a text alert to everybody? There's been a power outage in your area. Wow. We're working diligently to fix it. But I don't know. They're, they're in the woods. They probably don't have phones. They, they don't have sat phones. Some of them do, I guess. Uh-huh. Oh. By the way, that, uh, that dude working at the, the country store, I like him. We're never going to see him again. That dude is never, ever going to be shown in this series ever again. Well, he, he had a phenomenal two scenes, technically. The one of Maeve talking to him, then the one of him in the, in talking to Colonel Brigham in, in Colonel Brigham's brain. Besides that. Don't want anybody like that in my town, Jared.
2: Colonel, Colonel Brigh- all, it takes, all you have to say is you're my friend and he'll tell you where my house is
1: and shit. What the fuck? Oh, so you, oh, so you don't like him. That's just what this you guy do in a this small town. garbage security, bro. He's not a security guy. These he's guys a friggin-
2: could not have looked more suspicious. He's like, "Yeah, Mave's right up the hill. Go ahead and murder her. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll give her a call and let her know you're coming." <laughs> Fuck that guy,
1: dude. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, he's just, he just doesn't—he doesn't think people are bad. He's—he's he's got a shiny outlook on the world. He's a
2: dumbass. He needs to be more fucking
1: realistic about people in in 2022, dude. In 2057, wherever we're at. So that power outage leads the bad guys right to Maeve. They've been looking for her for seven years. They're like, oh my God, that
2: that was all we needed. Brought us right to you. There's never power outages anywhere else.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So obviously this one was you because you do power outages, Maeve. And thank God we found this man who tell us exactly where you live (laughs) because he's a fucking idiot working at this general store. Oh yeah, yeah! You've, you've turned me around on this guy. This guy sucks. I'm happy he's out of the series. That dude is a
2: rat. He's like all the people in the Hobbit when the fucking guys on horses roll up to Hobbit Town and and they're all like, "Yeah, if the baggages are that way." It's like you rat bastard. Hey,
1: he's the opposite of that guy at the uh, in the beginning of Inglorious Bastards. Exactly, complete opposite. He of goes that guy. down with the ship. It's a shitty ship he was on, though. What was the girl's name? The that he that he that he screams out. It's The French name. Shoshana. Shoshana. There you go. Thank you. (laughs) Always going to rely on Ross for a movie quote. Yeah, Maeve proceeds to brutally annihilate every single person there that that came after her. And then learned from old Confederato Colonel Brigham. If you remember this guy, he was a Confederato Colonel. Same actor. And we learned that it was William who sent them. Again, Maeve thinks it's normal William who's trying to kill all hosts. So this seems like confirmation, though, of the recycled
2: host thing, right? Colonel Brigham, who she recognizes as former Colonel Brigham, yes, he has no idea that he was formerly Colonel Brigham. We can assume that's the same state Dolores is going to be in. Even if somebody brings up Dolores, she has no idea.
1: Mm-hmm. And there was another old host sighting, and obviously that was our man Walter, one of Rebus's milk boys, is sent to kill Caleb. Uh, wow, really? That was one of the milk boys. Wow, one of yep. the OG milk boys. One huh? of the, uh, the same actor. I love when they... What's this dude been up to? This dude's dude, if he's been drinking milk for five years, the Commit, fuck has this guy been doing? Commit and crimes. They really emptied out cold storage. <laughs> yeah, they really they, they really empty out cold storage. Who are we getting next? That like na- the naked ass, like crazy lumber guy from season one who they find old in the Bill? in the ditch. Oh my god, old Bill. <laughs> oh hey Ross. I I I
0: I I love you Ring.
1: I love that guy. He was cool.
2: So we had those kids, I mean, I think you you were fixing to get to this. I'm not sure, but the kids that walk by that yell, "This place is fucking wild, can't believe this is your first time And that made me think that whole
1: thing was a park. Yeah so th- that was that line right there is to me the one thing that makes me like, oh shit. It's Dolores living, and that's why so they created it. So that,
2: coupled with all these other hosts being repurposed into other characters, makes me think we're just in a park. Like that, combined with the fact that we end up going to 1930s gangster town, it it just there's I don't know I don't I don't know how we get it. We zoom out eventually and find out it what's obviously going to be in the storyline.
1: But it makes me that was that to me was the most interesting line in the whole episode. Yes, and that was also in the freaking trailer because they they, they I, that is the only oh, thing. Was it really? Yes, that is the seed that they are putting in. They put it in the trailer and they put it in this episode to make us go. Are they in a park? I don't think they are. I think all the hosts are being controlled by Charloris. She's sending them out to do her bidding in the real world. That's where I stand. I think they are in the real world, but the real world is not a totally guys, free real world. I think the real world still has some weird shit going on, but I think every host. Do you think those guys were by talking about going to a park for no, the first no. time? No, I don't know what the fuck those guys are doing, and it pisses me off. Serena, any ideas?
0: I feel like they could just be talking about New York.
2: It was so front and center. Like, this place is fucking wild. Can't believe this is your first time. But I, I mean, I
0: know, but I also feel like this is the show of red herrings. So, again, I never know which way to lean into something. And it's not the first time, again, with the fucking drawings that they put something in a trailer that means nothing.
1: I figured it out. They're saying to their friend, Oh my God, I can't believe you've never been to little New York City in San Francisco.
0: Well, I thought about that, too. I honestly like when you were making that joke, I almost brought it up that like maybe the world did get destroyed in some nuclear episode. And now they have like mini versions of all of these cities within some industrialized.
1: You're insane, then, because I was fucking kidding.
0: Oh, I know. But (laughs) but I actually have this thought. I am insane. This is not news.
1: Uh, okay.
2: <laughs> no, to me, I thought it was very perfect. Like, it, it, that seemed in, like it
1: had a lot of intent to it, that line. So I think I'm sticking with it really mattering. And finally, we have Caleb. He is still working construction seven years later after the war, I guess. This time, though, he's working without a friendly robot counterpart because we learn that the riots that we saw in season three, they took place seven years ago. And the same amount of that's, by the way, the same amount of time Maeve said she was in the woods. So we know the whole seven-year timeline sets up. We learned that robots have been banned from working construction and presumably all like automated human jobs as a result of the Insight riots. So we're seeing anti-robot sentiment because of the dangers of AI. Is Andrew Yang president in this uh, in this show? He followed me on Twitter today, Jared. What, Andrew Yang, followed? swear
2: to God, most random thing ever for you no, to well, bring he did that not. up. I <laughs> on my mother, I swear. Andrew Uh Yang followed me on Twitter today. And he's not one of those guys that follows
1: like 30,000 people. He follows like 3,000, 3,800 or something. How many people do you think follow Andrew Yang? Or how many people do you think he follows? Sorry,
0: 3,467.
1: Are you looking? I think it's like 3,800. No, No, it's under 10,000. Ross. What is it? It's 9,173. Oh, okay. Yeah. That guy followed me today. I want to follow him. I think he follows back.
2: I think it w- was a team follow-back situation because he was making some statements that I agreed with, so I followed him, but I, I did get the follow-back. So oh. maybe he follows back every blue check mark. Who knows? Anyway, moving that, that's on. That's what I'm trying to Andrew do. Andrew Yang. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome for the plug. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so no robots. The The, the anti-AI sentiment is very heavy now. Um, and then you've got, obviously, like, He's the the other part of Caleb being he's got he's got some version of PTSD. Yes, as a result of his time in combat, and his wife kind of drops that classic PTSD thing on him. I don't think it's that you're scared. I think it's that you miss it, like he's addicted to it or whatever. There's a, there's a lot of military films yeah. about this kind of sentiment. Um That doesn't sound very supportive. That was kind of a cheesy moment to me when she laid it out because I was like, okay, this is come on, it's kind of on the nose, but obviously we're supposed to. Realize this guy's dealing with a lot of issues as a result of how much he's been through, including what we saw when we last saw him, but also since then. Yeah, and he has a wife and a daughter now. And a daughter, yeah. Frankie. So at first when I saw his daughter, I thought he had made a daughter with Maeve. But then I realized Maeve was a robot. And bless you, tight. And then I quickly shut my (laughs) dumb mouth. Yeah. (laughs) Smart. But I did think that.
1: Yeah. So, and again, the whole thing about the wife talking about his PTSD is another thing where we talk about people, oh, people call you crazy. Another one of those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like we discussed, Caleb teams up with Mabe at the end of the episode and also his army buddies, I guess. They're like, uh, hey. I thought that was her her squad. I thought that was his army buddies. I thought it was like a Barry situation where he just calls up his old army buddies. And they're like, all right, we're fucking in. Yeah.
2: Gonna, we're gonna go somewhere We're gonna hurt some people And they're going driving. They're
1: going to get William Who may not be William So I'm interested to see How that plays out Yeah Serena Guess what time it is What? Guess what time it is
0: <laughs> Is it time for the NPR style sign off? No
1: it's time for your paragraph About the About the
0: Oh my paragraph was the this The, the parallelism She read
1: her paragraph Norse.
0: Oh I, I did my paragraph I do have Some parting thoughts that And now my per-
2: Oh you first Go ahead <laughs>
0: Me, go. No, oh, it's your
1: turn for the yeah, party. Good, for, yeah, good. you, you got We want to hear your, your parting thoughts. Give your takes.
0: Well, I just have two questions. First of all, who do we think the senator in California, William, is going to see is?
1: Gavin Newsom. Wait, no, he's the governor. I don't know. Pass. Ross? <laughs> Newt Gingrich. <laughs> Reanimated. The Newt. Reanimated Newt Gingrich. <laughs> I think it's Richard Nixon's, Richard Nixon's severed head in a jar. Oh, who do you think it is? It's the future. How the fuck are we supposed to know? Oh, JFK, JFK Jr. Jr. (laughs) One of the
0: Kennedys. (laughs) I think it's got to be someone we know, like, like whether it's another like host in a new consciousness thing. Oh,
2: you're thinking it's going to be some character from the show.
0: Yes, I don't think they. I mean, again, maybe I'm reading into a line that doesn't mean anything. But why would they say he's very interested in talking to a senator from California? And then Caleb's like, oh, "Who Who
2: would first. make sense
1: as a senator from California? Uh, who are their senators? D- Diane Feinstein?
2: No, I'm saying who? Nancy Pelosi? Who from the show, from seasons one through three, would make sense as a senator from California? I can't really think of anybody. I don't know. Uh, Jamie Dutton. Who does the man in black deal with, typically, other
1: than well, It's
0: Lawrence. <laughs> he loves Lawrence.
1: Yeah, honestly. I, I was thinking Lawrence. I, I've that always liked Lawrence's appearances. He's a good, great character. That would be funny. Uh, what about that crazy Confederado guy, the, 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 the blonde guy with the short hair from season two? He was like the leader for a bit.
0: Oh, yeah. I forgot about He's him. He's
1: kind of hot. I think it's going to be a hot senator. Well, Anyway, we'll see. Next question.
0: Uh okay, in the in the preview for the next episode, Maeve says that she's going to do to us what your kind did to mine. Do we think she's talking about Charlotte?
2: Y- oh, yeah.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah that makes moments. sense. Yes. That, that's what I thought about that. Uh, I, I I'm I'm kind of in the in the in the camp of not wanting to watch the next episode teasers personally. I don't think I watched it. Yeah. Because I, I think that just caused, like, we're just going to speculate, but maybe people want our speculation, I suppose. The rest of the show is speculation.
2: I don't think we need to speculate about what we're going to speculate about next week. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> but okay, I'm sorry. uh And I'm not going to watch them because it, it, I don't like the spoilers, man. They show too much sometimes. Yeah, they do. Um, but this episode as a whole was, it was a, Fairly cohesive start It wasn't like the bang that I wanted Out of the first episode I wanted to come out of it like Oh fuck yes Completely back on track But it's a step in the right direction Where I could track most of what was happening We're not supposed to know why any of it's happening Or who any of it's happening to yet But generally uh, I was able to follow what was happening And I was entertained the whole time Which is good I still am struggling with Aaron Paul uh, I'm He's trying, lost some weight Trying really hard He's gaunt in the face um, as a result of the PTSD. But, uh, yeah, I'm still struggling with him a little bit. Other than that, it was great to see everybody, again, like a lot of the characters again. We obviously are still missing some uh, first-time introductions for the season with some big-timers like mm-hmm. Bernard. Charloris. Miss Bernard, where's he at? Charloris Stubbs. also. Um, yeah. So Although you thought we saw Stubbs. <laughs> I, thought I, I obviously, in my mind, had already seen <laughs> Ashley Stubbs again. Uh, turns out it's a character that I would long forgotten. Anyway, yeah. So it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see where we go this season. I do like the Christina storyline the most so far. It's the most intriguing thing to me. It seems um, to carry the heaviest. Like I mean, we're they've kind of rid the world of its issues, right? This this team of of you know AI and Aaron Paul and. <laughs> This would be a new issue if there's a company programming people's lives somehow through their technology. Uh, so we'll we'll see, man. I'm excited to be back, and and we got seven more.
1: Oh yeah, seven yeah. more. And so that, that's yeah,
2: a, it's something else to pay close attention to for me is like the pace of this season because they don't have that much real estate to work with in terms of episodes, um, and because it is such a reset sort of. We're seven years later. We've got all this new stuff going on. So. I'm just. I'm interested to see how quickly we start getting into the shit, and uh, it was a good setup. Good setup in episode one.
1: Very not confusing. I, I I left it knowing pretty much what was happening, which usually I feel like in one of these season premieres is not the case.
2: Yeah, what gets confusing is when you two psychos start pulling at all these fucking unnecessary threads. Well, th- what this gets- was the least confusing episode <laughs> yes. we've had in a while.
1: What gets confusing is when I make a joke and Serena goes, no, I, I, that actually is my real theory. I was like, what the? I, I what? still can't believe that happened. I was, I was <laughs> I blown was, away. Complete joke. Like, I was like looking around you guys' reactions she was, for like a laugh. I couldn't tell if she was going over the top on you, like double joking, and I was just like, I'm just, like, I'm going to sit here. Yeah, you, you should have faded yourself on that one. It's <laughs> joke. Hey, listen up. Do not forget to participate. <clears throat> in our Apple Podcasts rate and review contest going on now through the end of June, at the end of this month. This contest has absolutely incredible prizes that I honestly cannot believe we're doing because it's so insane. Ross, I'm going to beg you, please change the prizes up. They're wow. too good. Please,
2: Ross. They are, they are phenomenal prizes. I, I have checked with the accounting department. They're not going to sink the company, Jared. You don't have okay, to worry. But fine. they are, they are very—that's how good they are. We still had to check. We had to get with the team, bring all the accountants into a room, and ask— can we afford this? Can we really, truly afford it? And just barely, but no raises, no Christmas bonus for us this year.
1: It's so easy to enter this contest. It has amazing prizes. Even if you don't listen to Freeze All Motor Functions on Apple Podcasts, or maybe your Spotify, maybe your YouTube, which we are now. All you have to do is go to the Freeze All Motor Functions Apple Podcast page, then subscribe, rate, and review the show by the end of June thirtieth. Do it. Ten, count them, ten winners will be chosen in July, and those winners will receive a loot box valued at 100 smackeroonies. That's $100. $100. And this loot box contains exclusive, not available for purchase, Freeze All Motor Functions merch, as well as products from sponsors. Even if you've already left us a review in the past, you can enter the contest by just writing another one. Look forward to that. Get Just in on the action. Sure, make sure you come back in July. It's still be listening, obviously, so you can hear if you're a winner. You can and should follow us on Instagram at Freeze Motor Functions and Twitter and TikTok at Freeze All Motor. TikTok starting up, Ross. TikTok, big on TikTok. And if you prefer to watch your podcasts, every episode of Freeze All Motor Functions is also available now on YouTube for the first full season. FAMF on YouTube. Everybody here, Serena, Ross. You. Yeah. The two dogs sitting down there, Bruce and Bella, which did a great job in the thunderstorm. It was really thundering. They stayed calm. I'm proud of them. Thank you guys for being here. Did you have fun?
0: I had a blast.
1: Happy to be back for real. Follow me at WRBOLEN on Twitter and Instagram. Serena, where can they follow you?
0: Um, I am at Serena underscore Therese on all forms of social media.
1: Uh, Are there two A's at the end of that? Like you're, no, no.
0: Please don't dox my email address.
1: <laughs> That's your email. Huh. Yeah. Oh, also. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, please don't email me. I won't respond.
2: <laughs> hey, grab yourself a Freeze All Motor Functions T-shirt on slash shop Just click on Freeze All Motor Functions. We got a couple different options for you: the FAMP Robo T-shirt and the logo T-shirt, both available for you to represent the FAMP
1: community on the streets of your town or city. Ross and I podcast together also on a little podcast called The Ross Bolin Podcast. That's true, we do. We have a a good
2: time. It's a comedy show. Jared and I uh, strive to entertain the people at least once a week during the summer, a couple times a week during the rest of the year. Um, The Ross Bolin Podcast, also available wherever you listen to Freeze all motor functions.
1: Yeah, right now, you're like, oh, I finished FAMF. Go listen to the Ross Bolin podcast. And after you listen to the Ross Bolin podcast, you can listen to my solo podcast called Formula Bone F1 Show. If you're a Formula One fan, I am the greatest. F1 fans, get at Formula Bone. It's huge. If you like Formula One, you will love Formula Bone.
2: At Formula Bone on TikTok. Get on his TikTok. 150,000 followers on TikTok. Jared started this last season. It's a huge F1 brand now. Um, does it all by himself. He's great. The podcast is great. Thank you. It's great because it's like, if, if you're entry level, you can understand what he's talking about. If you want more high-level high, deta- high, high level stuff, he gets into some of the uh, more ticky-tacky F1 information. So uh, you get a little bit of both. It's uh, a lot of
1: fun. Formula Bone F1 show available wherever you listen to. FAMP! And lastly, House of the Dragon coming back soon. Oh, it's true. Right after
2: right after Westworld, we've got House of the Dragon where we will be covering uh, every episode with our companion podcast, Oysters, Clams, and Cockles, formerly the number one Game of Thrones podcast in the realm, now focused on House of the Dragon. We're excited, obviously. uh, With HBO's, you know, we're talking about an HBO HBO show right now on this podcast. They're great. They do incredible work. Game of Thrones did not end on a spectacular note. I think everybody in the world acknowledges that at this point. So they have a lot... At stake here um, with the first season of House of the Dragon. Comes at the end of August. Make sure you tune into Oysters, Clams, and Cockles when it
1: does. Well, it's time for the NPR-style sign-off. Freezo Motor Functions has been brought to you by Bolin Media and is hosted by me, Jared Borislow, along with Ross Bolin and Serena. The show was produced by me, Jared Borislow, at the Bolin Media Studios in Austin, Texas. In, in little Austin, inside of Austin, Texas. <laughs> Special thanks to Phil from DC, a.k.a. Schnapple on SoundCloud for our intro music, and Brad Hess for our outro music. Until next time, famf, 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 famf. Free Motor Functions. Free
0: Zone Motor Functions.